you take an active role in an airman's life, then you're going to make them better, and you're going to make yourself better at the same time. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tinker Talks. Tinker Talks is your audio format podcast that talks about what's happening behind the fence line of Tinker Air Force Base. I am your host, Mark Hybers, and today we have another another special treat. Uh, we get to sit down again with the installation commander, Colonel Hall Seaburn. Uh, and you're just about one year in the seat now, right, sir? Just about, yeah. Awesome. So thanks, Mark and Paul, for having me in here. This thanks great. for taking time to come back. Um, so let's jump right into it. We've got um, a podcast today that I think is very near and dear to to your heart and things you really believe in. Mm-hmm. And uh, recently you had set out to write a series of commentaries based on the Air Force Chief of Staff General Brown's action orders. Uh, your first in the series was readiness training and taking care of each other for a positive change. That, of course, is highlighting Action Order A for airmen. In that commentary, you had mentioned that a way to impact an airman's life is to spend time with them, mentoring and coaching them to make them better. Why do you feel mentoring your airmen is so important? Well, everybody has to learn from somebody. And if you can be that good role model for somebody, then... You know what? What better way to to help bring somebody up from you know the airman basics of the world, right, right. up to a colonel or a chief or a general or whatever they want to be in their life, mm-hmm. and so you just have to spend time with with people, and w- why not coach? Why not mentor? You know, instead of just kind of being around, if right. you take an active role in an airman's life, then you're going to make them better and you're going to make yourself better at the same time. So that's kind of my initial thoughts you know as we're kind of starting this podcast off on you know why mentor because we have to raise that next generation right are coaching and mentoring the same thing i thought actually thought about this a lot (laughs) over the weekend right and i looked i looked it up um mentoring i looked up coaching and they're very similar and i am sure on another podcast that has some super long form like the jocko podcast or joe rogan right where they're like two or three hours you could really spend time differentiating between coaching and mentoring. And at the end of the day, it's about making somebody better. And so one of the things I wrote down um, as I was looking that up was, you know, a coach isn't always a mentor, but a mentor is always a coach, right? Because it has to do with how much time are you willing to put into someone else? Right. Sometimes coaches can be mentors. You know, the the person on the team that's really awesome and they're trying to get them to go to college, or, or maybe they came from a you know, a, a tough background and they're, and they're trying to lift them up, you know, but there's a ton of kids on a team. So football, I played in, in high school. Um, there's a ton of kids on that team that when you come, you see the coach, the coach tells you what to do, you go home. That's not necessarily a mentor. They're helping to improve your performance, but they're not helping you be a better you. Right. The mentor piece comes in when you're coaching someone to perform better, but you're also trying to make them be a, a better version of who they are. And so that's kind of the my mind the difference between coach and mentor and i think you should be both right Right. there's there's definitely two roles in there but if you had to pick one i'd I'd go with the mentor awesome coaching may be more targeted sounds like from what you're saying it's maybe more of a specific absolutely yeah and so you know um for the last when did i start coaching um I've coached high school wrestling for a long time, and I've been a, a CrossFit coach for about 10 or 11 years now. 
And so you spend that hour with people and you're trying to make them as just as good as you can make them, right? I want you to do this lift, you know, with perfection. I want you to perform this wrestling move with perfection. And that's the coaching piece. But then pulling them aside and talking to them about how doing this particular sport is going to help you be a better you, right? You know, start talking to them about education, things like that. That's kind of how you make that that transition or that differentiation, I think, between coach and mentor. Right. I love that. And then I don't know if you and, and April had talked about it on the last podcast about your your um, background and love in wrestling, mm-hmm. but I think uh, it once you had even talked about rolling with some of our security forces kids. I, I'd love to. <laughs> I haven't had the opportunity yet. Right. Uh, Dr. Patton, who's, who's my physical therapy doc, she cleared me to do that. So now I'm looking for that opportunity to, to go. Awesome. And uh, you, you'd mentioned Jocko, but uh, I wish I could read like Jocko does. I mean, that'd be, yeah, you gotta have that'd that be fun for us to sit down and read a book like that someday, but I, I would not do the, the reading justice. He's pretty phenomenal yeah, reader. He's really good at what he does. Um, so, sir, what what makes a good mentor? Like, is it is it a personality trait? Is it is it something you learn educationally? I think, you know, from the mentor side, you have to be present. You have to have a actual love. Like I talk, I talk to everybody all the time about there's two different kinds of L, right? Like if you could see my fingers, I'd do the big L mm-hmm. love or a little L love. So big L love is the love that you have for your, your own children, your mom and dad, you know, your grandparents, your family, your spouse. Little L love is the love we should have for anybody, right? Just Anybody walking down the street, but particularly our men and women that are that wear the uniform, right, right. or that serve, um, so our, our civilian airmen, because we're all on the same team. And if you don't have that little L love for someone, you're not going to make a connection with them. And as a mentor, you need to make some sort of connection with the person that you're that you're trying to work with. Mm-hmm. And you have to do that because, in some way, shape, or form, you care about that person and how they do in their day-to-day life, right, and what they're going to grow up to be. And so from the mentor side, that's what you need. From the mentee side, right, because I think we always need both, and we'll probably get into that later. From the mentee side, you're looking at someone who is the same, right? Is right. this person present with me, or are they just here because they have to be here, right? And if that's the attitude that they feel, whatever you're talking to them about is probably not going to go over very well or they're just going to miss it and they're just going to yep he's here just because he wants some bullet on an epr somewhere um (laughs) and so you have to be present right you have to have share that love of humankind back and forth to make this thing work out well that's a great concept that that little l concept i mean the thing i think the big l concept you know we all kind of naturally uh lean into but the little l concept is i like that i like it that you say that kind of stuff because you know Taking that on, like legitimately, really just makes everybody just slightly a little bit better. Yeah, um, and I mean you have to tell them too, right? So I, I take a lot of flack from my my uh, my other maintenance officer brethren, right? Because we're supposed to be these old crusty people who <laughs> grumble all the time. And you know when I when I get up in front of some airmen, I tell them I love them. Like some people are like, oh, that's weird, right? Right. So then I start talking about that distinction, and it, it seems to resonate pretty well and so i'll just keep doing it until someone tells me i can't but love it yeah with a little l little l love yep (laughs) yes sir so uh did you have a mentor when you were coming up through the ranks i've had tons right so my my first were just my parents right and and i don't know if you can say your parents or your mentors but 
Um, you know, my dad was in the Air Force, mm-hmm. and so he, along the way, took me to see a lot of things um, that maybe other kids didn't get to see, um, and kind of said, I told him that I had I wanted to go in the Air Force um, from a pretty young age. You know, just airplanes are cool, so why, why not get be in and around airplanes as much as possible? And so he started taking me to things around the base, and I don't know if he knew or not what the impact was going to be onto me, uh, but I really enjoyed meeting all the people and talking to them about the jobs that they did. Right, I got to meet um, crew chiefs out on the flight line, and they told me what stuff they did. Right, I got to meet a bunch of fighter pilots because that's what he was. Um, and you know, and then then my mom was awesome, and well, they're both still alive, so they're both still awesome. But um, you know, talking to me about how you how people learn. Uh, she's a teacher, and how do people learn? How can you get their attention and ensure what you stay sticks in their brain? Right. And so it kind of started there, and then along the way, I had you know different people just always trying to look out for me. I had um, some upperclassmen helped me out along the way when I was in basic training and as a freshman and stayed in touch with me for years and would, would ask me about problems. Wow. Um, and then, uh, then when I got to my first base, I had this, this guy, uh, he later was, uh, became chief, but he was a senior master at the time, senior master Sergeant Jones. That dude was probably eight feet tall, <laughs> you know, six feet wide, you know, in my mind, he has a really deep voice. Right. And, uh, and he, day one, I show up and he says, uh, no, I probably shouldn't cuss on the podcast. He's like, you don't know anything about what's going on in here, um, but you're in charge, and so it's my job to teach you. Right. And so he did, and he said, okay, this week, uh, so my first job was an armament flight. This week, you're going to work on all the F-16 equipment. Okay, and you're going to sit over there in the coveralls, and you're going to get to know your airmen, and you're going to get to know how the stuff works. Uh, roger that. And the next week, you're at F-15s, and the next week, you're A-10s, and the next week, you're H-60s. And all the way through the whole shop. And I was like, dang, I learned a ton by him making me get down and do work right. uh, and be with airmen, right? And so he was a, a great men- mentor to me. And then, you know, I could just go and name all these great bosses. I've had a blessed career that I know other people have not had, uh, especially uh, lieutenant days. Uh, some of my other lieutenant buddies that we started off at Nellis, they, they did not have the same experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was a little later that they were able to get that and then and then bloom. So it, it really helped me along the way from second lieutenant to colonel. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'd have to imagine that part of that is you need to be open to the experience, right? Sure. You, you need to not be shut off and, and uh, not be open to being mentored or coached, mm-hmm. right? And this coaching... The Air Force is, it looks like they're really trying to put some um, support behind coaching. You know, they've come up with a, a new coaching. Um, you can sign up for coaching mm-hmm. now on AF.mil. Um, so, sir, if, if you were going to coach me, what would that look like? How would that start? Well, let's make that distinction. Am I going to coach you or am I going to mentor you? Uh, good call. Right? right. So if I'm just going to be a coach, then I'm going to say, hey, Mark. Let's see how you do some aspect of your job. And then we'll go through like a debrief. Okay, I saw this was good. I saw this was not good. Here's what I recommend you do for these things. And let me show you how to do that. Watch you do that. Mm -hmm. Let's do it one more time, make sure it's in there, and then I'm out. If I'm going to mentor you, if that's what you're looking for, then I'm going to come in and I'm going to start off with, hey, Mark, how are you doing today? What's going on in your life? You look 
you look a little down today because I've been paying attention to, you know, hey, two days ago you were super happy and today you're looking a little sad. What happened? You know, maybe a family member died. Maybe you didn't get the promotion you wanted. It could be something like that. And so we're going to start off that way because I care about you, right? right? And then we're going to get into the coaching piece of it, which is, hey, Mark, I noticed you're having a problem with this. I recommend we try these things. Let's see if we can do them. I'm going to show them to you first and let's see you do them, right? And then we'll do it one more time. Make sure you got it. And so that the mentor thing is just, it's more time that you're giving to that particular person or group of people to ensure that not only are they good at their job, but they're also better people. Right. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Yeah. You sure got to be present. For oh, yeah. That. Yeah. You, yeah, absolutely. It takes a lot of presence. So how long should an airman be mentored and when should they transition from, from being the mentee to the mentor, in your opinion? Well, uh, so this goes back to what I said before. Um, I think you're always going to be both. You're always going to be, you should be, mentor and mentee. Even the you know, youngest airman basic can be a mentor to someone. Right. You know, maybe it's a elementary kid. Maybe it's their, you know, younger sibling. Maybe it's a high a high school uh, person who's you know trying to figure out what they want to do in their life. So airman basics can be mentors, but then they're going to need someone, right? They're going to need a senior airman or a staff sergeant or somebody to take interest in them. Mm-hmm. And so it's always a little bit of back and forth. So even as a colonel, I I have mentors, right? And and my some of them are other colonels. You know, they just I've known, and they're, you know, a little bit farther along in the journey than I am. Some of them are general officers, and some of them are, are chiefs now, uh, or or retired. And so, you, you always should have both. Right. I'm not sure that fully answered your question, but that's kind of what I'm thinking it, of right there. Actually, it's 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 pretty sage advice um, because I think that that kind of states the point that you should never really consider yourself to the point where you're past the point of one of those things like being mentored or menteed. I mean, there's until, until the day we leave the earth and go wherever it is you think you're going, um, there's more, more to learn, um, more to be coached on, more to, more to be mentored for. So I think it's a, it's a great way to answer the the question actually. In in the air force, we we have a weapon school, right? It's, it's stationed out of Nellis, but there's little debts everywhere. And in the, Kind of the phrase that they use, or, or their their motto, their slogan, whichever one you want to use, is is humble, credible, approachable. Mm-hmm. And if you think about that, you know what the weapon school does is they pick the very best person out of a squadron in whatever it is that they're doing, right? So we can start off with uh, just because you know I'm an F-16 fan. Let's take an F-16 pilot. What they're looking for is the very best F-16 pilot from Base X. And they're going to bring them in to the weapon school, and they're going to teach them how to be even better so that they can go back and teach more people. Right. But to, to be a good teacher, coach, mentor, you've got to have the humility, right? You cannot walk into a room like you're the ace of the base, you know everything, mm-hmm. and no one can tell you anything because that makes you not approachable, right? right? So humble credible and approachable. They're going to have the credible things because they're an IP or, or what, they get X number of hours. So they've already, they've already got that. But if you don't have the humility piece to recognize that you can also learn from those you're teaching and you don't have the approachable piece so that people will actually come to you and ask questions, then you like, where are you? Where are you? You're nowhere because no one wants to talk to you. Right. right. So if you don't have all those three pieces, I think you're going to be going to be missing out. 
it's good to try to learn that stuff too because uh you know there i think sometimes it takes either time to figure that out of the humble part um, or having somebody actually just kind of educate you on why like that's a great question why you know some people don't want to be humble because you're really good at something but um so we we talk about one of the most important things about all this is being present and and in the moment and of course with the way the the world i guess is going and certainly the air force there's so much time for leaders as they grow they get it, it would seem that they're so much more involved in not getting the chance to be with their airmen and it's it's a lot of meetings and scheduling and and emails and and decision making that's not directly shoulder to shoulder with with airmen but what would you say to a supervisor out there that says they really would love to mentor their airmen uh, but just don't have the time um i would i probably have some choice words for them <laughs> actually some we can't say here. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> um so so you're wrong if you don't have time because that's your job your job as a leader is to make sure that those who work for you and with you are the best they can be and you cannot do that solely from your office Mm -hmm. you have to get out and you have to see and experience what it is that they are doing now that's uh, in on the enlisted side if you're a tech sergeant right and you're a whatever afsc x and all your airmen are afsc x you could take the opinion that oh for X amount of years, I did that job. Mm. And so I already know everything there is to know about that. Or you could take the approach of, man, some things might have changed since I was an airman. I probably need to get out there and see how they're doing it and make sure, number one, they're doing it correctly. Right. Number two, you, they might have figured out a new and different way to do something, right? That's going to save us time and save us money and get that airplane back up in the air, get that piece of equipment going, whatever that it is their job is. Mm. Um, so you are mistaken in your thinking if you don't have time to coach and mentor someone because that is your job right right um you don't have to have super long sessions either right mentoring and coaching can take moments mm. so yeah you yeah if you're thinking you don't have time then i'm thinking it's time for you to exit the air force right and i think that's a great point that you make about you know the coaching can take or mentoring can take literally moments um, it doesn't have to be some long, drawn-out, scheduled process. Yep. Um, and you, you had a, you even had some some outward, some outward mindset in that as well. Sure, I love that. Um, and maybe someday we'll be able to do a, a podcast, maybe about that as well, and, and your goal for for this wing and in that that concept. Um, but you know, some of the best mentors in my life, and this is this is very true. And I, I thought about this when when we thought about doing this podcast. There were people that didn't know that they were mentoring me, and like you had said too, you know, silent mentoring. Um, I just watched and followed their actions, and I have found that that was something that was very powerful in my life. And um, because I'd, I'd always never really felt like I should go ask somebody to mentor me mm-hmm. or, or to coach me unless it was in a sporting area or maybe something very specific to my job. But um, I, maybe I've just always been a little reserved that way. But what's your thoughts on the possibility of silent mentor? And actually, do you relate that to the core values of the Air Force where maybe that makes 
some of us a little bit better silent mentors than sure. others? So I think I would make a distinction between um, what you're saying. And, and this is, there are people who are examples, right? They're role models. And that's a that's separate, I think, than being a mentor. If you're doing your job well, you're providing everyone an example to look up to, that's, that is kind of a passive thing. I think mentoring is an active thing. I am reaching out to you. I am taking time to spend specifically with you mm-hmm. or with other people to ask questions, right? To be asked questions and provide, you know, my, my opinion, my advice. And so I think what you're talking about, at least in my mind, is you've had some really great role models to look up to. As I think we all have. If you look around the Air Force, there are great role models everywhere. Um, but that's that's not a mentor. All right. Right. Um, we could call it silent mentoring. I, okay. In my mind, they're a great role model, but they would not necessarily be a mentor. But I'm, I'm okay with whatever terms we want to use. And what you're really talking about is, hey, everybody out there, uh, if you're in a leadership position, people are watching you whether you know it or not. Right. That's right? a great point. And so – you need to be on your A game all the time, mm-hmm. right? Unless you're, you know, in some room taking a nap somewhere. But they're probably, well, like, where the heck is, <laughs> where's Cibernet? Right. Why is he over there taking a nap in his office, right? Uh, but they're watching that too. But that gets along to the example that, that you have to set, right? You got to, um, so with my front office, I told him, hey, I'm, I'm not going to come into the office before this time right here. And I'm going to leave about this time. And about an hour before I leave, I'm, my expectation is that you guys are probably out of the office at that point, unless something weird and crazy is going on and I really need some support and some help making some phone calls. Right. Like, you got to set that example for you don't need to get here an hour before me and you don't need to leave an hour after me because that makes you a really long day for you for no reason because you're not really productive, right? So I want him to come in for that set amount of time and, and then be gone. And for me as the, you know, leader slash mentor of that group, mm-hmm. I have to be as consistent as possible so that they understand that I don't get frustrated if something's not done the second I walk in. Because right. I've told them, I don't want you to be here much earlier than when I get here. I get it. Sometimes they feel like they need to open the office. There's some quiet time. Right? I'm not in there bothering them about something. <laughs> right? End of the day, same thing. I'm trying to kick them out, you know, 4, 35 o'clock, get out, go be with your family because I want you to get that rest, that relaxation uh, time so you can come back again do it on Tuesday and then on Wednesday and on Thursday and on Friday and the weekends as much as possible. That should be your time. So I try not to bother them with texts or emails. And so, you know, that's a little bit of what you're getting out with that silent mentor piece is just providing that example for them. Right. And consistently. Yep. So here's this one may be a challenging one, but um, if you could pick from anyone in the whole world, who would make up your Mount Rushmore or of mentors or coaches? Man. <laughs> Mark, I, th- I thought about this all weekend, and that would be a huge mountain uh, that would probably span the entirety of the continental United States. Um, certainly my parents mm-hmm. are going to be up there. I think uh, Sergeant Jones uh, that I talked about earlier, Chief Jones, he's going to be on there. I think uh, <clears throat> uh, my first uh, uh, AMU OIC boss, uh, Jim Sir. Uh, he's going to be on there as a maintainer and then went to pilot training and then flew F-22s, um, but also uh, a great mentor, um, leader, friend of mine. I've got uh, this group of, of dudes. When I got to Spangdalem, 
Uh, we all came together. We have, there's some personnelists in that group. There's some civil engineers in that group, other maintainers, supply officers, which we would now call LROs. Um, and this group of people that we had uh, at Spang that the 06s at the time dubbed us the horsemen because <laughs> <laughs> they, they, we were the ones that were getting stuff. They, they literally came up to us uh, at the club at Spang where we were, where we were eating lunch and said, yeah, like, you guys know you run this space, right? And we're like, nah, sir, you're 06, you run this space. And they're like, no, no, really. Like, we're providing you some direction, but you guys are running this base right. and we're actually taking our cues off of what you're doing. And so that's kind of where we came up with this. They, they came up with this little name for us and we've all helped each other out. Right. So that's peers mentoring other peers. When I have a problem, I'm calling up and I'm going, Hey, I, I don't know what to do with this. Right. When I, and when I was a, was a PA, so I, I called him up and I said, Hey, I'm having an issue. I don't understand this, this concept. Um, can you help me out? And so that, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense to me. So now I could be a better boss for you, right, right. and you. And, okay, I have a little bit better understanding of what PA is from from that aspect. So it, it's been, man, there'd be so many names you'd have to put up there. Right, it's I, a big I, If I started listing them off and I missed one, somebody's going to get mad. So, <laughs> uh, gosh. That's okay. I think yeah. you, you hit the good ones. <clears throat> and, of course, you'd, you'd mentioned a couple times the parents alone, and uh, I think that that, for all parents out there, you know, that, that beginning stage. And of course, to, to our Paul, who's off uh, microphone right now, running our audio over there in the background, but as a brand new father, mm -hmm. you know, that's good insight to listen to also, cause they, it all starts with good parenting. Um, but sir, if there's nothing more you'd like to add, I think this is a good spot to wrap up. Um, I do look forward to, to the rest of your commentaries, uh, in your series this year. I think that's, uh, is a good idea and uh, certainly much needed for all of us. And and thanks for your first year here. You've been great to work for. So uh, looking forward to another great year. And uh, actually, as we head right up to the air show yeah. next year, which will be right about your that'll be right about your the time. transition yeah. period. It's this year has gone by super quick, and I'm super thankful to all the all the folks out within our 72nd airbase wing who've you know kind of helped me guide me uh all the way to our mission partners right the 552 got the navy got the afsc got alc DISA, dla there's 45 of them on this base that that are all um providing help uh and guidance to me on how we can make make this base better and uh, uh so that kind of leads me down the road of you know bureaucracy which will mm -hmm. just as a as a teaser for the next paper that's going to come out um I think it's real important that we all all take a look at that, and maybe we'll talk about that on a, on a separate podcast. But we've got to find ways to stop doing things that don't allow us to make the mission happen better, faster, cheaper. Right. Right. If there's something that we're doing that we don't need to be doing, we probably need to stop doing it. Um. So that's what we'll be talking about maybe next time. That's definitely what the the bureaucracy uh, paper is going to talk about. That I know that the uh, LT Villajama has been uh, working on with me, so I appreciate right. her help on that. And, yeah, she's a good troop. Good troop. Well, thank you again, sir. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to come spend, hang out with us. And uh, that is going to wrap up another edition of the Tinker Talks podcast. Um, if you've made it this far in the podcast, do us a favor and uh, don't be lazy. Hit that like and subscribe button. Maybe even leave a comment. Um, it does help the the algorithms. You know, we don't control the way um, these these formats put our podcast out there, but 
the more you like it and the more people subscribe to it, the more it'll get out in front of people's faces. And we have been a top 100 podcast before on the governments, which are, there are thousands of government podcasts out there. So um, we're doing good, but, you know, we can always use the little bump. Um, so with that, we're going to leave you. Um, also remember our social media sites. Um, so, uh, look at us on Facebook at Tinker Air Force Base, and that's also on Instagram. And, of course, follow us on Twitter. That is at team underscore tinker. And until next time, you all have a great day, and I will see you next time.